0: Welcome to this episode of Security Market Watch. I'm your host, Josh Bruning, and I'm here today with Mark Dorsey, who is the CISO at Netlify. And Mark, we had a chance to catch up and chat a little bit before the show. And, um, and you describe yourself or describe what you do in terms of helping startups mature, right? To go from various levels of maturity all the way to, What you would call, you know, what we might call full maturity, whatever that means. You know, at TrustMap we deal with maturity assessments and maturity models, and you know, there are philosophies around that. Are you ever truly mature? So, I'd really like to to dig into that, pick your brain. And you're in the startup space. I'm in the startup space. There are lots of people listening to this show, and they're in the startup space. We have CEOs um, of varying degrees of maturity. Not personal maturity. That's a different show. <laughs> but in terms of growing revenue, going to market, um, the strategy to basically get to a point where where you're living life, you're doing okay. You know, you're you're happy with your staff. You're happy with your business. So, I probably, as I always do butchered and simplified what it is that you do. So in your words, could you please give us a little bit of a rundown about your world, what it is that you do, and what insights you can uh, provide us today at at Security Market Watch?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate the uh, the amazing intro there. Uh, Yeah. So uh, what I do is uh, I really am trying to make the world a better place one conversation about security at a time. And I do that in lots of different ways. And one of those is really helping the world from a startup perspective. I spend a lot of time, I spend and I allocate five hours a week, uh, just to chat with different startups, kind of do it a half hour at a time. And we walk through any really position that they might have in place. I've been in the game a long time. At this point, Uh, folks can reference my LinkedIn, if they if they so choose in order to see what it is, but I've been all the way from, you know, from assistance administrator, uh, all the way up to, of course, this is, uh, you know, that I uh, work as today. And in that time, I've seen a lot of different companies. I've seen a lot of different sort of folks uh, in the game. And I can really provide the perspective uh, from each one of those different levels. And I'm really focused on, you know, what is it that that particular startup needs to do in order to achieve whatever their goals might be? Uh, You mentioned exits and where folks want to be. Uh, There's all different types of exits that folks can pursue from going public to being acquired uh, to really just going for broke and seeing where they end up uh, as an individual company. And my goal, though, is to really help them find what that thing is that's driving them, that's driving the overall value to their customer uh, so that uh, everyone can really be successful when it comes down to uh, implementing a security uh, practice uh, from inside an organization all the way through to business strategy. And so I'm really happy to help folks in that way.
0: So are you working particularly with cybersecurity startups or are you working with companies that, you know, of of any industry that may have a cybersecurity component? What's your focus?
1: Yeah, I work with all different types of companies at all different types of levels. So folks who give me a call and they're, you know, they're they're, they're coming at me with their, you know, uh, sort of a disposable domain account or whatever it might be. Right. So they're coming through and they're like, hey, we have this idea. What do you think? Uh, all the way up to companies who are a bit more mature and really looking to exit. And that's really sort of my my wheelhouse, which is helping those folks uh, do those things uh, that they want to achieve. Um, so,
0: yeah. And how do you define, you mentioned you know, companies that want to exit. Is that how you define maturity?
1: Uh, I don't know that that's how I necessarily define uh, maturity uh, because folks may or may not want to exit. What they may want to do is they may want to really mature for their moment in time. So if you think about a company, they may start in uh, uh, product-driven growth, right? Uh, So product-led growth, uh, PLG-type motion, uh, all the way through an enterprise-type swing. And those uh, swings require different levels of maturity from an organization perspective. When you're talking about product-led growth, you're really out there trying to get any uh, sort of person that may consume your product uh, to use it and use it with regularity as part of maybe a starter plan or something to that effect. Whereas if you make it all the way through SMB and then mid-market type swings and those sorts of things, now you're really changing the balance from, okay, we have inbound to outbound. And those are very different motions as folks realize. And that takes different types of maturity with an organization and really different levels of uh, what I would consider to be patience. Uh, so how patient can you be and how patient can the business be, right? If you're really going after that enterprise swing, you know, that could be a six to nine month swing, depending on what you're doing and who you're marketing to and mm-hmm. what you consider to be an enterprise, which is the most entertaining thing. Now, Folks have an enterprise plan. And their enterprise plan could be anywhere from, well, I don't know, what do you think an enterprise is? That's always an entertaining <laughs> conversation because, it. Right. oh, no, our enterprise plan just means that, you know, you need to uh, use, uh, if you want to use SSO, then you need to sign up to be an enterprise. Uh, but mm. that could be, a, you know, a, a 10-person company uh, trying to do that. Uh, but until folks really figure out what their focus is, what customers they're heading after, uh, and what the pitch needs to be in order to resonate, uh, they can have a really uh, long road ahead. help
0: so repeatable is what I'm what I'm hearing at least you can get to a point where you're you're up and running and you've got some repeatable processes you're able to you know you might not have everything well defined but maybe you can you know your 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 marketing campaigns are consistent your sales channels are established um, we don't know if we're enterprise or what that means yet but At least, am I hearing that right? That at the end of the day, you know, we want to get to a point where the processes are repeatable.
1: Yeah, and I think that that really becomes something. So I I see it early on, and I love that you use that word repeatable, by the way. Uh, I see that startups all the time come through, and they really haven't thought out, uh, you know, into the future. And so when I'm speaking with VCs and those sorts of things, there were you know folks who want to, the venture capitalists of the world, those folks who want to invest, they really want to understand uh, where you are in your overall process. And you may not really know, but that's why they're looking for the overall maturity of the team that's involved. Uh, A few years ago, we saw a ton of speculation in the security space. Now, not so much. They really want to understand uh, what the pedigree of the overall team is and whether or not it's going to be repeatable. Now, there's plenty of statistics you can look out there about overall repeatability and those sorts of things. And most of the time, what you'll find is that folks have caught uh, maybe the proverbial uh, lightning in a bottle. Uh, So they're able to take something and go with it. Other founders are really good at it. They find a repeatable strategy, You can feel it right away when you discuss it with it. And it really starts with that first pitch deck. What I work with folks on is really that overall repeatable strategy. And what I want to hear from folks is, I really want to hear, tell me what you're going to tell me. Tell me. Tell me what you told me. There's no need to go through a long story or build out or something to that effect and you're going to surprise me with some new novel concept. We've probably already thought about it in some way or some other uh, you know location in life, and so I don't need a huge buildup. What I need to understand is this is the team, this is the type of investment that you're looking for, uh, and this is what your product is. Then go through what your product is and how the world it used to be before your product and how the world will be. Uh, when your product uh, reaches full maturity. And then show me the phases along the way that you intend to get after. Uh, And then at the end, tell me again what you just told me. Uh, And so that way, it's like, and we're looking for this amount of money. In that way, it's very clear, a very precise uh, type of phrasing. And what you'll find is that those founders who have done this before really have that nailed down because they understand that the audience needs to be quick. And uh, and and needs to be able to take uh, not necessarily a quick decision, uh, but they need to be educated at speed uh, because they have a lot of things going on in their life. And so I really mm-hmm. encourage folks, if if you can't pitch in about two minutes, uh, then your, your, your pitch deck is, is probably meandering. Really need to be concise, get that message down uh, so that it's repeatable. And then you can sort of massage that message over time as you work with different folks, the different types of customers you might have. Uh, so that one day when you hire that salesperson, that first person who's going to go out and sell, you've already got a repeatable mechanism, mechanism in place. So love that word, mm-hmm. repeatability.
0: Yeah, yeah. And a part of that is the messaging. I'm thinking of when you hire the first salesperson, they want to know what your message is instead of, you know, go out into the world and preach about the gospel of what we don't know. You know. And I see a lot of companies... Struggle with that, you know. It's it's very difficult to to craft a good message. But I I like the way that you framed it in terms of if you can't do it in under two minutes, then you know that's it's just not going to work. So two minutes, that's like how many slides do you think? Is that that's like five slides? About five
1: slides is all I need to see. Next. And what I tell folks in order to find that message is. Um, and I've written an article about it because I reference it all the time when I'm
0: speaking with startups. You can imagine. Oh, what is it called to- so that people can find it?
1: One of them is called The Value Strikes Back. And mm-hmm. The Value Strikes Back is the one where um, I really go into what I call the Mad Lib. And this Mad Lib is uh, something where the folks can really tr- uh, work on communicating the overall value that they're going to present to the customer. And that Mad Lib we work on for a little bit so that it really resonates. And then I ask them to use that uh, and attach it to every single meeting invite that they have. And those meeting invites uh, really then, that way when you go and take the meeting, you understand what that company does at a foundational level and how they're going to deliver value. And it just says, Mm -hmm. this is our company, uh, this is what we do, and this is how the world is going to be different, and it's phrased with impact. And so I've got a couple different examples that are out there. But what it helps companies really understand is what type of a play are they? Uh, I find that the companies really only are in a couple of areas, especially when it comes to the security space. And those are uh, really one is going to be cost reduction, right? So think about the, the the famous triad, which is good, fast and cheap. Not the security triad, but the business triad. So a good, fast and cheap. And so uh, if you're going to put together a company that is going to return money to me, uh, then Ensure that you're tracking that as business. The first screen that you go into in the morning should show how much money you've returned to each one of your customers, and whether or not they had to roll back on those changes. Right? Uh, so mm-hmm. you want to figure out like total dollar. The next one that I typically see, and this is with most security companies, all is all around productivity. There's a million they call your product a million different things, and that's fantastic. Uh, but with all of those things, uh, you're probably just returning some amount of time to my team. Right? Time is money. Uh, But you can then really come in every single morning as a CEO and see how much time you return to the business across your entire product line and figure out maybe where you're lagging. And then, of course, with all of that is time to value. So my question with companies is, great, I'm going to implement your service. uh, Theoretically, Uh, Okay, time to value is going to be how long? And they're going to tell me two weeks. Great. Then let's work to figure out how that's going to be two days. And then how is it going to be you know, two hours? And then how is it going to be mm-hmm. 20 minutes? So then in a single 30-minute call, you can return you know, value to a customer right away. Implementation all the way through. Now they can see the value of the product, and then they'll be able to take that forward. But it really starts with that mad lib and figuring out what type of company are you. That way, you can figure out that uh, you're going to be really good. You're going to be really fast. But maybe your product isn't all that cheap. Right, uh, and so that you know that and that's really what you're looking for, right? We're we're in the business of doing business, so we should get down to business, right? And it's it's fantastic to make the world a better place, but a lot of times it does take capital in order to make that happen.
0: Yeah, I can let cheap go. That's fine. You know, I love when 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 <laughs> prospects love to talk about price, and I think it was Zig Zig, Zig Zigler who's got a whole spiel on this, and he says, you know, I'd rather I'd love to have that conversation about price all day because then it allows me to talk about value. And, uh, so let's, let's die. I know this is a little bit of a segue, but I want to linger there on time to value, right? When does that, when does the clock start? So we know when it ends, basically when we know the value part, when they're using the tool and they're able to, you know, do all the things, but when does it start in that two week? If we're saying time to value is two weeks, when does the two weeks start?
1: yeah i can I can give a really good example just using uh, Netlify. So the first time we jump on uh, with a customer, depending on the customer and their size and what type of website it is, uh, we actually go through and you know, just uh, depending on the case, of course, uh, we we just scrape the existing website, uh, we throw it up on Netlify and we just show how performance it is right out of the gate, within minutes of the first you know couple of conversations. And in that way, uh, and that, of course, depends on the play. It, it you know who who knows what they're in for and what they're looking for, right? But in that moment, you're at you're at moment zero, and that's the overall goal, right? Is to show value as soon as possible. And those are tools that we built out uh, and used for many years. But in that way, you can show a potential comp- a customer that their performance right? Because we're a productivity play at our core. That's what Netlify does. We make things uh, go faster than ever before. Why? Because we uh, take away the need for companies to really tilt up their own DevOps pipeline. And in which case they can focus on content. That's true productivity, right? How much can we take off of their plate, put on our plate, and then deliver it to them as fast as humanly possible. And in that way, we show the customer right away at moment zero, right? At conversation zero, whenever we feel that conversation moment is correct, we can show them value right now. And that's what I like to see out of every cost, uh, out of every potential vendor. How long to value will it be? If you come into, let's say, a startup like myself, and you're going to sell a product, and you're going to come back to me, and you're going to say, hey, Mark, uh, this is going to take uh, three weeks uh, to get value from. Probably less interest. We don't have three weeks' worth of cycle time. I've got a small mm-hmm. security team. We need to do as much as we can, as short a period of time as humanly possible. And... The overall message really says a lot to me. If you're going to come to me and say, Mark, this is going to take months to implement, it's probably for a much larger organization. There might not be anything wrong with that. Maybe that's what it's Mm -hmm. going to take. Uh, But uh, if you haven't come to me and thinking about the size of business that I have uh, and how it's going to play, that's going to be really tough, right? We're going to have hard conversations. And I think that that's really where uh, vendors typically uh, will fall down. They haven't thought about the value, the outcome that the customer needs out of a particular product. And that's really mm. the most important piece. Like, what's my outcome? Gonna yeah.
0: Be? Right. Yeah, you really truly have to put yourself in the shoe of the, of the buyer to do that. And what we found at TrustMap is that, you know, we've we've always been focused on, you know, who our ideal client profile is, right? typically CISOs, security directors, you know, anybody of that, that level. Uh, but what we've had to do in, in, in recent years is really think about who is the customer of our customer? Who is the, the ultimate audience? You know, so you take a maturity assessment, you go through this performance management thing. At the end of it, it spits out a report. Who's reading that report? And then you can get even more meta because we, we, that's, in, that's in the company, but we can even go outside of the company. The CISO is reporting to the board right, uh, and other stakeholders, but the board is ultimately accountable to their customers. So what is the value of a maturity assessment to that company's customer? You know, typically it's if I'm compliant and, you know, I can use that as a badge of honor, but if I'm mature in security, then I can use that to, you know, beat my competitors. We can now compete on who's the most secure, who's got the most due diligence. So whenever there's a breach, we can say, well, you know, X, Y, and Z company got breached and you don't have to worry about that happening with us because we have a, you know, we're compliant and... HIPAA or, you know, GDPR or whatever it is. So that's very insightful and profound, but it took us a long time to figure, to figure it out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the, and the companies that I chat with a lot, they've spent a ton of time thinking about what the CISO's team and what the CISO's, what the CISO needs to consume. What they haven't thought of is that the CISO is really a salesperson. They sell internally, Mm. they sell externally, and we really need that lens put onto every single product. So what I find is that companies go out and they'll say, well, we've spoken to a hundred CISOs. And I know right away that the product is gonna be focused on outcomes that I will understand in seconds. Fantastic. Yes, I understand the outcome perfect. Then I will spend two weeks converting those outcomes into something that the rest of my executive team can digest. Right, it, mm-hmm. it really isn't two weeks, but we're, the the point being is that the vendor really hasn't thought through the sales motion that the CISO needs to go through because we're actually selling something. We're selling to engineering managers that we need to make particular changes within the environment, and we're going to need them to spend a week's worth of engineering time to fix it. Maybe it's two mm-hmm. weeks, maybe it's four, whatever that is. But it's you know the CISO, or the salesman. Right The CISO, the salesperson. that's really what we've become, and that's what we've always been. It's just folks never really realized it and so mm-hmm. when companies take a moment to think about that outcome like you mentioned and say, "Look, this is actually the end person that's going to consume this, fantastic. Now you can go through and stat not just CISOs as a part of the overall product roadmap, but you can go out and stat engineering managers and say, "If I presented this to you, would you buy?" And then you can chat with the CISO and say, who bought? Who bought this report? Why or why not? What could we do, customer, so that you're able to sell internally? And that's really Mm -hmm. the most important piece, right, when it comes down to a product. Great. Thank you for telling me that I have a million vulnerabilities. Fantastic. Uh, How will I sell that internally? And that's really where Mm -hmm. I need to be because a lot of tools will tell me I've got vulnerabilities. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, what you haven't told me is how I'm going to be able to sell those things internally.
0: All right, we've got only a few minutes left, and I want to wrap up with this sort of case study, right? We sold. Well, let's let's you know pretend that we're in college and we've got a you know a case study. There's a real world problem. They always say real world problem, but this actually is a real world problem. Real world problem. Um, what would you say to a company? A uh, founder, you know, let's say the company's got three people. It's got, you have the CEO founder uh, who has an excellent backstory. There is a founder market fit. You have a COO and a chief revenue officer, right? Very small staff. And you've got a really good product. I mean, this thing just blows everything in the category out of the, out of the water. But we're going from virtually zero sales into a round of uh investment round. So I mean you could even see say pre-seed investment round, right? What do you what if you were working with that kind of customer or that sort of company, what are the top, let's say three things that they should do to go from having virtually zero sales, having a great product, having the beginning of a team to precede funding.
1: Yeah, so I I see this a lot. And typically what's missing is a focused message. So Mm -hmm. the product itself, uh, I, I have a phrase which I is that, the product succeeds despite our better efforts. And I really mean that. And that happens in companies all the time. And you especially see that in product led growth companies. Uh, Where the product continues to succeed, despite our better efforts, couldn't be more valid. And really what I like to see is that folks have a really focused message. And that message is able to be quickly tailored to the appropriate audience at that moment in time. That way we can bring in the logos, regardless of what level within companies we're speaking with. If you're talking about an inbound, uh, then we want to ensure that our product is uh, really quick to use. You want to ensure that UI as Rockstar, you know, API, whatever it might be, is really user-friendly and you've got plenty of documentation in order to bring on those, you know, quote unquote logos. Uh and and they can all be SMBs. They could be individual developers, whatever that might be. Uh, if you're making a swing at the enterprise space, of course that you want to ensure that you understand who that ideal customer profile is, uh, and then uh, take those swings. But the messages need to be focused. So that's number one. Uh, number two, Uh, you want to ensure that you understand the value that you are returning to your customer so that you can monitor your progress against that value. And it really does come down to that good, faster, cheap, right? Uh, And so that way you're able to quickly measure what the value is that you're returning to your customer. And what I tell all the uh, CEOs that I speak with is that if you could come in and see just a single dashboard every single morning to understand how your company is performing in the eyes of your customer, what would that be? And what would that look like? So really, you know, you're going from this uh, having, having focus to understanding the value, that uh, a measurable value that you're returning to your customer, right? So that's number two. And then number three, you really wanna ensure that the overall team understands that value proposition and message. So regardless of your team size, ensure that you're aligned internally. And the very first thing I do when I go to speak to any company is I just ask them to articulate to me what it is they do as a business. And I'll do that to each one of the members. And I love to do it when I've already spoken with the CEO and now they have their CRO on the phone. And then I just ask the CRO, so tell me, what do you all do as a business? And that really helps the CEO. And I've told the CEO ahead of time, I'm going to ask this question. And Now we're going to find out whether or not your message, your dream, your vision is resonating across your entire company. If you don't have a team that's aligned and we don't have this sort of one team mantra in the background, it's going to be really tough for us to be successful. Otherwise, folks will uh, press and pull you into different uh, directions. And what I find is unless the team is aligned really well, you'll have a lot of trouble saying no to things. You really only want to say yes to a handful of items. You should be saying no all the time. You should be exploring options, Mm -hmm. but you should be saying no with with frequency.
0: Uh, That to me seems to be it. So hopefully that helps. That helps a lot. And, And I can hear. I can. I can hear. I can't hear them, but I can tell that there's somebody out there listening to this, watching this. Who is just furiously taking notes based on everything you just said? That was a perfect summary, and you know I really appreciate your time here, Mark. Uh, I I really appreciate. You. I've gotten to know you a little bit better over the last twenty five minutes or so, and Likewise. I hope this is the first of many conversations. I mean, this is I, I this is the 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 meat and potatoes of startups in cybersecurity and and the common thread that runs through all of these conversations really is just keep it simple messaging coherence you know those are the fundamentals that i that i keep hearing and you know i you've you've illustrated that in stark contrast i love it all right well thank you so much mark thank you for for listening and for watching this episode of security market watch now mark if people want to get a hold of you how can they find you
1: Oh yeah, just reach out straight up on uh, on LinkedIn. That's actually how you and I got to know each other. Now you can just look for Mark Dorsey, yeah. D O R S I, on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to connect.
0: I searched the best CISO ever. No, <laughs> <laughs> your name popped up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right yeah. okay alan alan alford shout out to alan alford uh you didn't hear that part because i could alan's my old boss and he was my old CISO. so i could say best CISO ever uh, <laughs> to him as well Fantastic. all right well thanks mark thanks everybody goodbye